brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. In this universe, life must thrive as a mathematical certainty. There are those who maintain intelligent life is visiting Earth now. Project Ares is on the front lines to find the answers to this very question. It's my honor to introduce your host and lead investigator, Chris DiPerno. And this is Project Ares. Welcome, everybody, to KGRARadio.com, bringing you the best in UFO and paranormal research. Broadcasting from our command center from the Hudson Valley area of New York, the area 51 of the East Coast, is our great producer, Bill. I'm Griffin Tyler, introducing your host, retired major crimes detective and MUFON chief investigator for New York, Chris DiPerno. And we're bringing you Project Ares. Good evening, everybody, wherever you may be. I'm Chris DiPerno. Tonight, we're going to delve into the realm of alien abductions and frightening encounters with our little strange visitors. Try to wrap your mind around this phenomenon. For those who had such encounters, the feeling of helplessness, they take you at their pleasure, night or day. It doesn't make a difference. Here's the kicker, folks. It's been reported that they start going after your family. And it turns out to be a worse nightmare than you ever thought of. But our guest tonight, well, not only is she an experiencer of this, but she's a person who has helped many other abductees. She's going to be sharing her story and other abduction stories that she's investigated. But first, I just want to say we're in such exciting times with all this UFO news, but also we're in dangerous times. Please keep watching these crazy things that's going on with China. Folks, the Chinese Communist Party does not have our best interests at heart. And when I saw these photos of people being loaded onto trains and being used for forced labor, it breaks my heart, especially in this age. We allow these things to happen here on Earth. If I was an alien flying by this planet, I'd lock my doors and keep thinking those crazy Earthlings are going to kill themselves. Okay, let's check with the news. Griff, what's our first story tonight? All right, Chris, our first story is some new photographs were taken of Area 51. Private pilot Gabe Zilfman took in the air again flying legally through normally restricted airspace next to Area 51. This is at least the third time Zilfman has taken photographs of the once secret base and surrounding area. In the new photographs, you will see the mysterious base from the northwest. There are, these are rarely, if ever, seen by the public of the Groom Lake area. 
Wow. I got to tell you, something's amiss here. How secret is this Area 51? If a pilot calls up and says, hey, I'm going to be flying by your secret base next, your your secret airspace, and then is snapping photos of the base, and then posts them online. What happened to the Office of Special Investigation? For years, they've been screaming, it's a secret. It's a secret. Stop the public. We can't let them see this. Then this guy calls them and goes up and snaps photos just like that. Let's them, and he lets them know they're coming. This post, and nobody gives a tinker's damn about it. This is so bizarre. All right, Griff, what's our next story? Well, Chris, the day has finally come. The Pentagon has publicly admitted, publicly admitted to possessing, quote, off-world vehicles not made on this earth. For years, the U.S. government have reportedly changed its tune regarding official involvement of UFO research. As recently as February, a Pentagon spokesman told Popular Mechanist that, while a government program did investigate undemanned aerial phenomena and unexamined aerial phenomena for some time, the funding dried up in 2012. But Popular Mechanist thoroughly investigated the covert program. Multiple sources said it's still going on to this day. Now, a new report in the New York Times confirms the government's UFO unit currently resides in the Office of Naval Intelligence, where it, quote, deals with classified matters. The Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force is meant to standardize, collect, and reporting on sightings of UAVs and publicly divulge at least some of its findings twice a year. Senator Marco Rubio is most interested to learn from the task force who's responsible for unidentified aircraft spotted over America military airbases. Rubio said he hopes, quote, the Chinese or Russia or some other adversary hasn't made some sort of technological leap. The aerophysicist Eric Davis who concluded with the Pentagon's original UFO program, told the Times that after he examined certain materials, he came to the conclusion that, quote, we, we couldn't have made them ourselves. In fact, Davis briefed a DOD agency as recently as this March about receiving materials from off-world vehicles not made on this earth. Okay, I got a lot of questions about this story. First, I do believe this is part of disclosure. And yes, I believe this article is a game changer, even though it's watered down. But if you believe the Wilson papers, which many do, Eric Davis is credible. He's been briefing the Senate for some time now. Mr. Davis is believed to be the person who has studied these materials, and they don't come from this earth. I mean, that's as plain as it can be. Now, I've seen a correction come from the time story about Senator Harry Reid on what he said, but not Eric Davis. This intrigues me because there should be screaming about this and there's no chirping at all. Think about it, folks. All right, Griff, what's our next story? What's our last story? This last story might be as wild as the last one. An exorcist claims a possessed woman threw four men across a room and spoke in demonic languages. Exorcist Bishop Plato Angelakis has claimed witness a victim of demonic possession gained superhuman strength and threw four men across a room. Bishop Angelakis, an ordained Orthodox Catholic priest in Wisconsin, said it was his first ever exorcism and involved himself and a small group of other priests. The victim 
was a 60-year-old woman who was said to not have, quote, eaten or drank anything for a month. And so the priest visited her home to try to rid her of evil possession. The bishop explained what he saw was sort of extraordinary strength throwing us around the room. As well as this disturbing display of physical strength, the bishop recalled the woman showing other telltale signs of possession too. The whites of her eyes were black. That's something that cannot be done naturally. Fortunately, the bishop said there was one thing in his favor while trying to get rid of this difficult demon. He said, quote, for some reason, this particular entity did not want to leave the home. I don't know why. Once we got her out of there, it was nothing. So when she was out of the home, she was just fine. Her family continues and remains practicing Satanists. Okay. You're a practicing Satanist, and then you're surprised you get tagged? Oh, please. Come, help us. We actually called the demon? What the hell? What do I always say, folks? If you poke the bear, you're going to get bit, plain and simple. Folks, it doesn't take a Harvard genius to realize that if you keep calling a demon, someone's going to answer. But this family is coming back for more. Man, if I was that bishop, I'd be telling them, call the Ghostbusters next time. What the hell? This is a classic example of glutton for punishment. Okay, folks, that's our stories for the week. So tonight's guest started being abducted at the age of two and a half. She remembers her first abduction was with a robed alien creature. In her mind, the alien craft looked like a nursery rhyme. Humpty Dumpty. Makes you want to rethink those children's stories, doesn't it? It's been a lifelong abductee, but now the nightmare has got more bizarre. As she's been trying to, they've been trying to abduct her husband. Seeking answers, she applied and was selected for the Elite Experiencer Research Team, led by Kathleen Martin. There, she works with psychologists, therapists, trained hypnosis people, and other trained specialists, helping others, seeking the truth. My guest tonight, Denise Stoner. Good evening, Denise, and how are you? I'm just fine. Thank you for inviting me. Well, you're welcome. Denise, let's dive right into it. So you're an experiencer, and tell us about your first experience and what happened. Well, as you said, I was watching out the window and I saw what I thought was Humpty Dumpty because we're used to nursery rhymes as children. And I saw him up in the sky. I was watching him floating outside the window and he was enormous, huge. I showed him to my grandfather who was watching after me that night. And he came and looked and I can still remember him being afraid. The look on his face, he was terrified. And his answer to that was to close the window and put me to bed. Um, But when he left my room, a little creature, uh, like a monk with a hood and long sleeves and a funny tool in his hand, came to my bed and took me out of the the face at all. Oh, yes. I could see great big big, almond-shaped dark eyes. They were black, but I wasn't afraid of him because I thought since he came out of my wallpaper and it was full of nursery rhyme creatures that it was okay. So he came out of the wallpaper. He came out of the wallpaper, yes, and walked up to my bed. That's got to be so crazy. It was, it was, but I was too little to know any different. And so he took me down and out of my bed and then into the hallway and right through the wall. 
And uh, he had this little tool with him. At least I think that's what it was. It had a light on the end. He touched the wall. We went through that wall and into a room. I, I didn't know if it was a craft at the time. I was too little. And there were other children there sitting on benches that were a part of the wall. It was all one piece. It was all made of metal. And we sat there and we were being taught something. I don't remember. I don't know what we were being taught at the time, but we went many times to that room. All right. So this was your first abduction or is this because you've as had many as, yeah, as far right? as I know, the, it was the first time. Oh, my God. So you started out at two and a half being abducted. This thing comes to you in a robe, takes you to like some kind of Humpty Dumpty craft. Is that what it was? I, well, if it was the same thing I saw in the sky, it was a craft, but I, you know, I don't know. All I know is I saw that in the sky, and the next thing I knew, I was in a room, a huge room, and it was all metal, and it had other children in it. So what do you have any idea what they were teaching you? Because I've heard this story before that sometimes some of the abductees actually see a big white uh, screen. Did you see some kind of screen? Not until later. Um, I saw entities and they were walking up and down and they were talking to us. Um, but later on when I was older, yes, I saw floating screens. I saw images coming out of the floor. I saw star systems, all of that type of thing. Yes. Well, I have to tell you, that's amazing. But we don't know what they really kind of taught you. Have you ever had any hypnoregression as far as learning what they what they tried to teach you or what what they were implanting into you? A little bit. Um, Kathleen Martin is my investigator, and she has done hypnosis work on me or with me. And um, it gets to a Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Point where we think if there's information that you are not supposed to give back or not yet anyway, um, you have a reaction that is very painful. And we kind of keep that as, um, as if it was a crime scene. And we withhold that information because if we tell, and there are people out there who are wannabes, they want to be abductees, they're going to use that. So um, only the perpetrator knows certain things. So um, you now, have let's a reaction that's very painful, and we can't use something that is absolutely amazing. So. If you try to get certain information that's been downloaded into you, we'll call it a download at this point. Mm -hmm. And if you try to bring that information up, you receive some kind of physical pain. Is that what you're saying? Yes, and it's severe. Oh, my God. And how many times has that happened to you? Oh, as many times as we've tried to get that information out. Um, and so probably three or four, and then we've stopped. It's not worth doing until it 
we get a sense that there will be a time when that will come out and we will know what it is that's been locked inside us. So it's almost like on a timer, they want this information released at a certain time. If you try to do it beforehand, they're not going to let you. What kind of pain do you get? Is it is it like a, a body pain, a headache? Yes. A- Oh, yes. It's a body pain. Um, I can't tell you where it is. That's what we're withholding. Um, but it's it's quite severe. It's very sharp. Um, and it comes and goes. It's very stabbing, I can tell you that. Denise, how many times do you think you've been abducted now? At least 50. 50 times? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I have to tell you, I, I'm absolutely amazed that you done all this. I mean, 50 abductions is something that I've, well, it's probably a record. I've never heard of anybody being abducted 50, but this led you to the Experiencer Research Team. Now, folks, they may not know about the Experiencer Research Team. Denise, why don't you tell them what that elite team is? That elite team was formed and developed by Kathleen Martin, and it's a branch of um, MUFON, Mutual UFO Network, and that branch is specialized. Um, We have certain types of investigators. I'm one of those. We work specifically with abductees. We are supporters of abductees. Um, We have psychiatrists, psychologists, doctors, you name it, someone is there who can work with uh, someone who has been abducted and needs specialist-type care. Um, they fill out a questionnaire of 18 questions, and it's a yes and no type thing. Um, so we're, we're doing research also, and we're assigned the task of taking that questionnaire. Um, we answer to their needs. Um, and we may have them with us from now until whenever. It could be years. So that special team uh, may have many, many, many abductees, each of us. And right now we have up to 50 people all around the world working on that team. 50 people working on the Inspiracer Research Team. That's amazing. And they're all yeah. different, have all different specialties. That's, yes, they do. Incredible. Yes. Uh-huh. Headed by Kathleen Martin. Um, and the next individual is Dr. George Medich. Let me, let me ask you a question here. Now, you've become part of this team, but you, yes. you've had some kind of strange things happen with Kathleen, the head of this team. You told me about a strange encounter that you had with Kathleen Martin and her dad. What 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 happened there? Um, Kathleen and I had uh, decided to go to a particular meeting. Um, We were in Orlando. I left my car in a parking lot and got into her car, and we had her dad with us. So we went to the meeting in Tampa, and we were on our way home. And on the way home, her car that was perfect. There was nothing wrong with it. And the navigation system started to act peculiar. And at the same time, her car felt like it was going up in the air. Well, you know, Florida's flat as a pancake. Yeah, there's no hills there. Yeah, it was, we felt like the nose of the car was going up in the air. Um, So she got off the road to see if we could straighten out the uh, 
direction we were going in the navigation, and she was able to correct it. Her dad loves to talk, uh, loved to talk. He has passed. Um, and so he was continuing to talk. We got back on the highway, and all of a sudden he got quiet. I turned around, and he was sound asleep in the middle of a conversation. He never did that. He loved company and talking to me. And I thought, what's, what's going on? Um, well, she arrived at um, my car. I had parked it in the parking lot of a mall, where I always did if we if we did that type of thing. And I checked my radio in my car. The electronics weren't working. Um, so I couldn't turn my radio on to drive another hour home. My mirrors that were electric, I couldn't adjust them. And they were all kind of catawampus. I couldn't fix them. I wear an insulin pump. That had quit. I had charged it. It should have lasted for another couple of months. No, it was done. Um, my cell phone, the battery was gone on that. Uh, well, the charge was, so I used Kathy's phone. So all the electronics went kablooey on you. Everything. So got in the car and uh, I had called my husband on Kathy's phone and started to drive home. And I decided I would take a shortcut. That was a mistake got off the main road, and I caught myself parked at a road that went dipped down by an old apartment building. And I turned around, and I was familiar with the place, but it wasn't my route home. I saw a big orange globe lift out of a lake. It's called Lake Baldwin. And then I turned around, and I saw an entity come out from behind a tree. And then I realized, well, I, I'm going to be taken and of course, I was about an hour late getting home. I got home was and this called with Kathy. Kathleen at the time, or were you alone? No, I was alone. So okay. it was me in the end that was taken. Um, I called her. She wanted me to come right back to her house in the next couple of days. I did. I took a trimeter, which reads electrical fields, radio fields, all of that type of thing, magnetic fields, and I brought mine with me. We read my car and the meter spiked. We went in her house and took a base reading of her house. It was all fine. It wasn't fine when I got within 10 feet of that meter, which we didn't know that it, it affected um, people, but it did me. For two weeks, I couldn't get near it. The electronic reading just sent the meter right up, off uh, completely. Um, so we brought right, her husband so let's in. Go back tested a little bit him. on this. It was uh, fine. What kind of energy was, was it? Let's go back and let's. What kind of energy was it that you saw creeping around at this particular time? Was it a gray? Reptilian? What was it? It was electronic. It was uh, the electronic meter just went all the way to the end, spiked. I understand um, that, but you said you saw a entity. Oh, the. Oh, the entity. It was, yes. a, it was a gray. It was a gray. Okay. Big gray, small gray, you know, yeah. kind of gray. And it was one I was familiar with, one that always took me my whole life that came so from you recognized him? my escort. Okay. You, you get, now you got to step back. Wait a minute. You recognize this gray, correct, Denise? Yes. Yes. Okay. Does mm -hmm. he have a name or something? I mean, it's weird, but... I, I didn't know you could distinguish between grays. I thought they all looked alike. Now Kathy has one too. Um, the thing is, if I if I put him in a lineup, 
and I brought you with me and asked you to pick mine out, you could not. But you can. Yes, I can. Yeah. Does he give you a name? I mean, no. Kevin or John? I mean, I don't know. I this is the first I've heard of this. So yeah. you got to educate me along with with the listeners. The the differences are extremely subtle. And he's the same one that came for me when I was two and a half. Um, and I see differences in his facial features, just so, so subtle. But I know him now after all these years. And for the very first time, I saw him the other night. He didn't come and take me. I just saw him. And he has grown older. So they grow surprised old? Me. They, they age just like us? No, it's been, I don't know why I saw him older, um, because I think it takes years and years and, and generations, and I think for the first time I saw age in, in my escort, and I think he wanted me to see it. Okay. When you deal with your escort, um, this alien, it, how I mean, obviously, it's mental telepathy type of communication, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Have you, mm-hmm. have you ever had problems with him? Have, have you ever had stuff where you said, hey, no, I don't want to do this or uh, let's not go there or, or anything of that nature? No. Um, and, it, you know, it's frightening to enter a craft. But once you're on a craft, there's no fear. Um, as far as I'm concerned, he can kill pain. And take away the fear. Uh, so he can make you at ease because we've had adoption stories, and we're going to talk about a couple of them tonight, where they didn't ease any pain. They hurt these people, correct? That's right. And I think that's a whole different scenario. And I think it's few and far between when it comes to these types um, that I'm going to talk about. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I got to tell you. So you had now they went after your husband, right? Did they well, your husband? we were together. I think that um, the reason that he was taken is because I was with him. They wanted me, but he was there, so he went along too. Well, isn't that kind of different? Because usually they just take the person that they want and they leave everybody else. Sometimes, correct? Sometimes, yes. But when we were in the, well, a couple of different instances, but we were in the middle of a high desert in Colorado on our way to our camping site. Um, We'd been there for years. So I think they took both of us. Um, Kathy tried hypnosis on my husband, and he would allow himself to go into the craft, but not to see the entities. Okay. Was he injured in any way, or does, was he had an implant, or did they do anything to him that you found out later on? Does he remember anything about it? He remembers being on a cold table, and that's when he stopped uh, um, the hypnosis. He did not want to see what happened after that. I don't blame him. That's pretty frightening <laughs> thing for, for yeah. anybody, especially your husband. But, I mean... Obviously, you've talked to him and said, hey, listen, I've been abducted God knows how many times. And what do you think their end game is with you, Denise? I mean, 50 abductions, it's not like they're just putting a new battery in you. I mean, 
You know what I mean? It's not like they're saying, hey, the implant's running low on charge. we got to charge her up. So why 50 times? I think that a lot of us agreed um, to do this a long time ago. Um, and so they use us for different purposes, and I don't think it's for harm. I think that their their technology has, of course, gotten better. Um, I think that they're working with our DNA. I don't think they use implants much anymore, especially, well, certain ones. Um, and they're trying to improve us and improve themselves in turn. Um, so as they work along, um, of course, we're, we're a nasty piece of work in a way because we're warlike individuals. And so they're trying to me. save. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I said you could have fooled me. Really? We're warlike? <laughs> we're, we got wars all over this planet. And look what's going on here in yeah. the United States. Total chaos. That's right. That's exactly right. Like said, um, we haven't got show, much time alien, left. We're making a mess, aren't we? Well, if I was an alien, I'd be driving by. At first, I'd lock the doors to my spaceship, and I'd be driving by. Look and say, "Look at those crazy humans, man! They, <laughs> we don't have to worry about taking over their planet. They're they're going to get rid of themselves, and then we'll just come down and pay the rent and take it over. I don't know. But anyways, let's start talking about some of the cases you did. Um, this yeah. first case, let's dive into that. You know, with this elderly man and his wife, the first case was an abduction with his wife. They experimented on him, and all kinds of bizarre things happened. Let's start with that case, Denise. Sure. Um, I was actually holding one of my meetings um, where people come, and we talk about all kinds of things. If it's not a private meeting, um, people can come and share whatever they want. So it was an open discussion. And this was an elderly couple that I had not seen before. So they sat down, and they listened for a little while, and pretty soon he raised his hand, and he said, I have something to say, and I think I need some help with it. So he started to talk, and he said, I want you to know that my wife didn't want me to come, but she agreed to be with me. And um, she was more more or less of the type that thought this was some sort of demon. And she was very religious, but she let him go uh, with his discussion and told this story of how they had been taken. Um, and it was during the night... Um, and the situation was this entity came and took them both into a craft. And so the craft... Do you know what was, kind of entity it was, Denise? Did he tell yes, it was, it was a gray. But when they okay. got into the craft, there were not grays inside the craft. It was more of a reptilian type individual um not friendly um kind of tough on them and to to guide them where they wanted wanted them to go it was using something similar to a cattle prod instead of just instructing them or guiding them in such a way that they knew where they were supposed to go they so used they, this they were electrocuting them they were prodding them. i mean obviously a cattle prod is a uh almost like a taser and you know yes so they and this were, they one were burned them and caused striped brown burns on them both uh, which caused horrible fear they didn't recall this ever happening 
before. Um, and so as they walked through the craft, they took his wife away from him. And of course, his first thought, he'd had some military before, it did a couple of tours of duty. And his thought was, I'm going to save her. I've got to save my wife. So sure. he could see. Go ahead. Did you have a question? No, I, no, I was saying, sure. I, first thought yeah. would be to save my wife. Yeah. Yes. Maybe the second so, thought. He watched, observed, and they put her into a room, and they watched her being prodded on the shoulders and the upper arms to make her get up and force her get up on a table. And she was sitting on the table, and then they were having her lie down, and then they moved him past that. So he was thinking, okay, how am I going to get away from this? How can I rescue her? And so forth. And he looked down the hall, which it was round because the craft was round. And on his left, he saw what he thought was an opening. And he had no idea if they were up in the air, what was going on outside. But he thought, I'm going to try and escape. That's my only chance. If I can get out of here, maybe I can come back and get her. He didn't know. Um, How's he going to come back, though? Denise, uh, he's thinking of leaving the craft, right? Yes. Okay. Um, his mind was racing. His only thought was escape, come back, get his wife. He, he couldn't think of any other way. So when he passed the doorway, he looked down and he saw ground. Okay. Uh, they were from uh, Indiana, um, I believe it was. And he saw ground. It was quite a ways down. He had to make up his mind and he made a run for it. And they were surprised, I'm sure, that that was his thought. They reached with the cattle prod, and the only place he was far enough away, the only place they could reach were his ankles. So they started prodding his ankles and causing the same brown burns. He leapt out of the craft, and he thought, how should I land? I realize you're supposed to land evenly on both ankles. Then I should roll. And he was thinking all these things. And it was quite a ways down, he imagined, about 30 feet. So he jumped so he, out of the craft. Yes. See, that's the did. same thing that Calvin Parker tried to do, Terry Lovelace tried to do. A whole lot of abductees have actually tried to escape. So, I mean, this guy is being poked with a cattle prod or some kind of device that's giving him pains and burns, mm -hmm. and then he decides he's going to jump. I mean, I, his thoughts were, well, the only way I can save my life is to escape, and then maybe come. How's he going to come back and get his wife, though? He had no idea. He just, he just felt he had to get away. So he landed. He felt excruciating pain, but he had to keep going, and he ran. And when he looked over his shoulder, there were two of those – reptilian creatures running after him and he looked around and realized he wasn't in his hometown he was somewhere in the middle of the desert there were cactus all around him and he had no idea where to go he just kept running and all of a sudden a man in a military uniform appeared in front of him grabbed him and put his hand out for the reptilians as if he knew him and said i will take care of this and he couldn't understand how a, a human military individual knew who these things were. So he just, he didn't know what to say. So, of course, he said, help me. 
And go ahead. I, well, I want to go back a little bit because the reptilians were chasing him. Obviously, you're saying that, and yeah. he had damaged his, uh, himself jumping out of this ship. Which yes. that's an unbelievable story. I mean, to actually dive out of the ship and instead of being in Indiana, you're somewhere in, you know, in a desert somewhere. Where did this military? Did he say where this military guy came from and what branch? What he looked like, or you know, I mean, I gotta ask, was he even human? Yeah. Well, yes, he was human, and he was wearing what he thought was Air Force uniform, and he thought that he was an officer um, because he wasn't that familiar with the military. So these are his assumptions. Um, well, they're good and- assumptions. He, you did a great job interviewing this guy, Denise. Yeah. So he's there. This military guy shows up out of nowhere in the middle mm-hmm. of the de- desert. And tells these reptilians, basically, knock it off. He's with me. And they listen to him, correct? Yes. He said, I've got him. He said, we're going to, um, you're going to have to change your, it sounded like change your plans, change something. But the gentleman didn't really know what that meant. He felt safer, but he wasn't sure because he didn't recognize what was going on. And there were some sand dunes with what looked like tall, the saguaro cactus, but he wasn't familiar with that type of uh, scenario or scene at all. So the um, entities turned around and went back and he could see the craft in the distance and it was huge and it was hovering above the desert floor and he could see the opening from where he was. So this military man turned him around and headed him up towards a sand dune. Um, And there was an entrance to it and walked him through it. And when they went through the doorway, they were in a tunnel system. And they walked in, walked down through the tunnel system, and there was another, there was a room off to the side, went through the door, and there was kind of a bed up against the wall. So he put him and said, you're going to need some rest. I want you to lie down. I'll bring you something to drink and just I'll be back in a little while. So in a few minutes, he brought him something to drink, brought him a snack. I think he said he thought it was some kind of crackers or something. And he said, let's take your shoes off, sit down in the bed and um, just lie down and everything will be okay. Did they bring a doctor in or anything like that? Say that again. He, Did they bring a doctor in or other? Me- Did no, you see any other no. military personnel or anything? No, it was a very empty kind of cold room. It was like a cot up against the wall. There were no windows. It was all. It appeared to be underground. And the uh, man left the room, and he was thinking, "Well, I seem to be safe." He said he would take care of everything. He was very tired. His feet hurt. Um, He looked at his ankles and noticed, you know, the burns and, you know, knew that his wife had been burned. So he ate the crackers. He took his drink and he laid down. The next thing he recalled, it was morning and he woke up in his own bed with his wife. You think he was drugged? Do you think the crackers or the drink he got was drugged? Did drunk knock him out? Did he yes. mention it? 
something okay. wasn't right and he did not have any idea how he got home how they got home he was just completely relieved that they were safe she was standing in the bathroom in her robe um, and she said, we're not going to talk about this. Um, something horrible has happened. Um, the devil had us, again, her religious beliefs. And he sat up in bed and tried to stand, and he couldn't. And he said, well, I can't walk. Something's terribly wrong, and, and I'm going to have to go to work, but I don't know if I can. She said, no, you're going directly to the doctor. We're going to have to find a way to get you in the car and go. So they managed. They managed to get in the car, drove him to the doctor, who did x-rays on his feet, uh, on his ankles, and they were broken. Both and ankles doctor, were broken? Both. Both ankles were broken. And the doctor said, you have fallen from a great distance. How did this happen? And, of course, he wasn't about to say a word. What, what do you say? I fell out of some craft and these <laughs> lizards took me yeah. and chased yeah, me yeah, in the a, desert? A couple of lizards were chasing me, so I jumped out of a spacecraft and ended up in the <laughs> desert away from Indiana. Yeah, I don't think that story would fly too well. Yeah. And I ate something that put me to sleep. And, you know, he <laughs> – and then the wife says the devil had them. And, yeah, and so he said – how did you get burned like this? You need this treated. And um, his wife didn't want to show the burns on her arms. So he was treated. Um, he didn't need surgery. They put casts on both ankles. So um, they, they finally, after many, many years, they were both in their mid-70s when they came to my meeting. That's the first time they ever spoke. That's that's an incredible story, Denise. I mean, you got military people, which is not uncommon. I have talked yeah. to abductees, and they said somewhere, sometimes, not all the time, but somewhere, sometimes, they have seen uniformed military people. They don't know if that's like a, a thought projection implanted in their mind, or it's yeah. the real deal where some people are really military people working with aliens. But... Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they came to meetings probably five more times. The last two, she did not come. She just thought that maybe I had something to do with the devil, that the people at the meetings were, and her church stopped her and said, you don't want to do that anymore. He came a couple more times and then didn't want to upset her, and I never heard from them again. That's an incredible story. But I do, before we get into the next case, because you've got a hundred cases, I mean, abduction is not something that's not uncommon. It's getting more and more common all the time. But here's a question from the chat room. Do you have a mental connection with your gray? I mean, is there like, you know, when he's coming or you kind of get an idea of some things before they even happen because he kind of lets you know, is there a telepathy connection in some way, some form? There has been, yes. It's a sound that I hear. Um, it's kind of like tinnitus, you know, the ringing in the ears, except it's different. And, and we've checked out the different tones that people get. Um, and it, mine is middle C. 
it's it's a tone you can hit on the piano um and you i know what it is now um and also um if anybody meditates and knows what different body vibrations are and you realize what it feels yeah. like t- to feel that that's a similar uh feeling so, so that and a tone so you connect with him with a frequency is that correct yes uh-huh that's amazing and you do you know that frequency by heart or you have to hear it all the time i mean i mean this is an amazing thing because frequencies now are coming out more and more that people are starting to say hey these frequencies are really the center of a lot of things that are happening with this ufo phenomenon is that correct mm-hmm. Yeah, I do in the last few years. I didn't realize what was going on at first. I just knew there was a a tone and I thought maybe there was something wrong with my ears because I was a swimmer, just swam all the time and then became a scuba diver and then I taught scuba diving. Then I became a cave diver and I mean I was just in the water constantly and I thought that was my fault. But then I realized it had been there before I did any of that. So um, I started talking to other people, and they realized they were having it too. So there's a a connection with frequencies and these extraterrestrials when they're working with you, correct? And they sort of like implant a, a certain frequency to each individual person? You know, that might be, we've tested it. Um, a group of us one night sat and and tested it out to see if we each had the same tone. Did we have different tones? Yes, we seemed to. The group that I sat with, I think there were four or five of us. Do we all have different ones? Well, there's only so many notes on the piano. <laughs> um, so... I don't know. We didn't continue on with that particular research. We should. Um, But it's very interesting. That is very interesting. Let's get into the second case. We talked about this other case that's really bizarre about this individual that was abducted from his living room. Let's let's talk about that one. Okay. Yeah, it's... um, That was very interesting because I had a gentleman call me uh, from where I live, Florida, and sent me a picture. And we actually have a couple of other cases like it. Um, And he has what we call a Y incision in the very top crown of his head. It's not large, but it is a complete incision through the top of his scalp. Hold on one second. Amanda, could you show that picture of that Y incision? That's the one you're talking about, correct, Denise? Yes. Uh-huh. I can't. Well, I can't see it, but I only sent you one. So right. um, if, you, it, if it's you've a got y it up there, yes. Okay, um, so go on with the story. I'm sorry. That's all right. Um, so this gentleman uh, had suddenly felt the just, just compelled to go outside, and he didn't know why. He hadn't seen an entity. He didn't know why he had to go outside. And this went on for quite a few nights, uh, a matter of weeks and then months. Well, then one night uh, he felt like he had to go out in the garage and start searching for something. He didn't know what. And apparently he stayed there all night and woke up in the morning lying on his back, 
and his abdomen was very tender. He put his hand down, reached down, and he reached up and looked at the back of his hand and the front of his hand, and there was a clear liquid on his fingers. So he reached back down and felt again, and when he brought his hand up this time, there was blood. So he kind of felt around and he thought, what's going on? Um, he did have bruises on his abdomen. So at times when we see this type of thing, you can actually see where a needle has entered a person's abdomen. We don't know if they're just drawing blood, what they're doing. So he, he got up and he felt disoriented, um, uncomfortable. He went in the house. He felt the top of his head that was tender also. And he put his hand up. There was blood on the on his hand when he brought it down. So he looked in the mirror and there was that Y-shaped incision. And of course it frightened him. Um, sure. He didn't yeah, I didn't know exactly what to do about it. He did not go to the doctor. He was afraid. He didn't know what would happen if he did go to the, what's the doctor going to do? How did you get this? I mean, did, because it was perfect. It, you can tell it looks like a scalpel made it, only the scalpel was more laser-like. So, so how, do you, how do you explain the, that? The tool that they used on him is very precise. Um, yes. It's probably something that we don't use or have, but it's kind of funny. They let, leave the cut open. That's kind of unusual, isn't it, Denise? Yes. Um, I only know of three. Um, I have one case. Kathleen Martin has one, and the, the hair, the type of cut is so close, you would think it's the same person, and it's not. Um, the third one is a little different, and that's the one that I sent that shows what the incision looks like when it's healed. Oh, wow. Um, so that's how it heals up, but it's still a scar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's the still a scar. You can see the faint Y on it when it's – and it heals very quickly, faster than any incision would heal without stitches. Let me it just closes up so fast in a matter of just a couple of days, and you don't know why. Um, what has happened to cause that? We don't know. Uh, but this gentleman was still being called outside and being taken for, oh, I, I think he said four years. Um, he knows his entities. He didn't know why he was being taken. He is an individual that didn't recall being taken as a child and he was only taken for those years, and then it stopped. Do they know if they put anything in his skull? I mean, if, obviously they cut him open for a reason. Do you know if they put an implant in there? Have any of these people had MRIs, x-rays? Did they do anything to their brains? Do they feel different? Yes, they feel different. He felt... Um, a lot calmer. He, he was an individual that was easily angered, um, got upset easily. Um, he was not able to, he, well, let's put it this way. He had a job, but he did not like to work for others because he was too easily, well, I said angered, but uh, frustrated and liked to be his own boss. 
And so every time he tried to take a job with someone else, it didn't last too long. Um, he ended up just coming up with his own um, self-employment. Uh, I don't recall exactly what it was, but that's what he did. And it worked out a lot better for him um, until he had this situation and he was just so calm. Um, his whole demeanor changed. His whole thought pattern changed, um, almost like he had a near-death experience. But it was that wasn't the case. Um, he did have something planted in his tear duct um, later on and it fell out later on but he wasn't able to catch it it didn't stay he did so he did it, have an implant yes he did um, and it was tiny um, it fell out of the tear duct after a period of time and was lost he wasn't able to keep it for us to examine I these are incredible stories Denise you know the hour has flown by. We're we're done with time. I just want to thank you so much for being with us. You know, folks, that's our show for the week. I want to thank my guest, Denise Stoner. Thank you for being with us tonight. You know, thank and you. you can check out all the work that the Experience of Research team has done. They're an extremely elite group. These stories are fascinating because, you know what? It's happening to a lot of people. So remember, folks. Always, always challenge the information you receive. Question it, debate it. Look for alternative answers. Push for the answers. Demand them. It's only then we can get to the truth. This is the Project Area Show on KGRARadio.com. You can contact me anytime at my email address, projectshowaries at yahoo.com for any comments or information. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Christopher DePerno, with my great producer, Bill, and my awesome intern, Griffin, and Amanda we're at that. They're all working in the Aries Command Center. Until next week, have a good night. We're out of here. <laughs>